0: God! Oh my God! Look at this asshole right
1: here!
2: Oh no! 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 no.
1: The company man is here. How's everybody doing? The number one heel of action Twitter is with you. You, (laughs)
3: Liam.
0: This is my buddy Jeff. He's been staying with me for a few days. He just wanted to meet you guys. And I'm glad he got the full Liam experience today. That, I, I can appreciate that. That's that's a question I pull in meetings, So I appreciate it. How's it going,
2: Jeff? Yeah, the pettiness up to 10 already.
0: Oh, well,
2: this is going to be a fucking problem. Uh, I'm, I'm not excited for this anymore.
1: I don't know. Mike, Mike, Mike
0: made me watch The Gray Man three times yesterday Couldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> we, gotta, we
3: gotta we gotta run it back from the top this, like, this is like our, our uh, attitude era of the extra uh, everyone so yes. like if Mike is a people's champion are you the corporate champion now <laughs> yes.
1: that's exactly what I'm going for I'm, I'm getting a push and no
2: one wants it but it's <laughs> happening <laughs> Watch me.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's Action for Everyone for this year, July 24th, 2022. It is Pioneer Day in Utah. It is technically our state holiday, which means I've had to deal with fireworks two times in the same fucking month, um, which is always a joy. But uh, successfully, my house has not burned down yet again. So um, I am joined, as always, by uh, Vice Victus. Vice, how are you today?
3: Oh, my God. I'm having a lovely morning. It's like 95 degrees already in New York City. So I went out to get some barbecue in later today. I was going to get my propane and propane accessories. Stopped by the Taco Bell. Got the uh, the gift of the gods, the Zero Sugar Baja Blast Mountain Dew. You know, I feel like I, when I was drinking it in the car, some of it spilled in my shirt. It felt like a refreshing Zero Sugar waterfall. It was like, <laughs> oh, I, I, I am in euphoria, you U- dynamo whatever it's called. Oh, this is great. What, what was it? About? Movies. Yeah. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And uh, and the corporate man Liam O'Donnell.
1: <laughs> I am feeling really bizarre. My my parents were visiting for two weeks, and uh, they left yesterday. And as we talked about, I've switched whiskey out for tequila. And I don't know if this happens to you guys, but sometimes you'll just wake up like three hours after having a couple of margaritas, and you're just up. And I, I just just completely awake. So I got about three hours of sleep. Just decided to uh, to just start my day at like you know four in the morning, and so. I'm already about midday right now and uh, I need a dart but I don't smoke <laughs> anymore. So that, that's where I'm at.
2: You, uh, you know cake. today is actually National Tequila Day.
1: Oh, well I I celebrated <laughs> it at midnight already. So <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> and uh that other voice you hear is back again. Uh the official action for everyone San Diego Comic-Con correspondent Diego Crespo, Diego uh reporting live from the hotel room. He is he is dedicated and is uh uh here uh here uh, to hook us up with his insider san diego information how you doing today buddy
2: oh i'm doing great i'm not tired at all i definitely <laughs> got very little sleep last night too uh i gotta be out of this hotel room in like an hour and 40 minutes but it's gonna be great it's gonna be great i'm excited to be here thanks for having me back
0: yeah absolutely man well let's actually start off with you um what? Because uh, I know you saw some cool shit at San Diego. Obviously, they've released a bunch of trailers, and we can decide if there's any that we really want to talk about or not. But, but what? What? What was the coolest thing that happened to you over the last four days while you were there?
2: Uh, the number one coolest thing is that I saw Prey, and that that movie kicks ass. I think you guys are gonna really dig it. Uh, other than that, I met a lot of really cool people uh, in the the film Twitter space which is like, you know, maybe has a connotation about it, but it's cool when people are like cool in person. Uh, I got to meet Daniel Bernhardt, uh, now a mutual friend between Liam and I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was incredible. Yeah, he, he was he was really cool. And uh, the He, did, he didn't
1: remember there. me at all, though. That that was awkward that you said. He was like, who? Liam? What? <laughs> really brought my ego down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, he, he was cool. He was cool. Um. Trying to think, what else, man? There's so much. I've, I've just been like walking nonstop. Uh, my legs are killing me. D- been... Diego, is this your first Comic Con? First full come Like I've been to the convention before, but never inside the convention center. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I just walk around outside and just do a bunch of weird shit because uh, there's there's so many like pop ups and stuff usually, and it's like more limited right now because like COVID, totally understandable. Uh, this is the first year I was on the convention floor. And that was cool, but I definitely had a moment where I was like, yeah, this is like great. And I'm glad I'm having fun. Uh, I am with a lot of friends just exploring by myself. It was great. But there was a moment where I was like, I don't, I don't give a shit about like a lot of this though. Like there's nothing wrong with anyone who does like it obviously, but I was like, ah, fucking all this superhero bullshit, which I'm sure we will talk about later. Uh, and but but I have to eat crow because I was walking around like this little section called Artist Alley. And then I see a yeah. pop up for Full Moon Pictures, like the the, the fucking uh the killer toy franchise guys. And I was like, oh, my God, there Full Moon Pictures is here. And it's like, that's what got me excited. That That's the type of loser I am. But it, it was cool. There is. I don't know. I made a Twitter thread because I'm not going to be able to remember all of it because I've been. I've been drinking pretty consistently the last four days.
3: That's kind of the, the fun of comic cons, because I've been to the New York Comic Con a couple of times over the years, and yeah, I had the same feeling. You know, it's, it's at the ticket reception, it was a huge fucking place. You know, and um, I'm never there for the hall stuff or whatever because I just, I just, I'm just going to get the vibe of the place. So yeah, there's always all this cool stuff and um, cool exhibits and people in the stars and whatever. But it's like after about an hour, I'm like. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking done. But then, like, you know, like you just mentioned, there's always some, like, random corner that uh, can make those, the biggest loser the biggest winner. There's always something for somebody there, whether it's, like, you know, the old, like, uh, Japanese um, Mega Drive games or whatever whatever you're into, you can find something that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, no, there, there was a lot of cool little stuff to, to find just in the, the corners of the convention center, just out walking around. Like, the last day, yesterday, I was just, I was basically in the convention center for, like, under two hours i spent most of the time just walking around and seeing san diego because it's a beautiful city with lots yeah, of beautiful people and uh lots of beautiful alcoholic beverages and it, it i had such fun just doing that you know and then because i'm a pretentious film bro i took my film camera too and i was like oh this is gonna look great it's gonna look great and then people will constantly stop me and be like oh that's a cool camera bro you like retro stuff or whatever and i'm like. Well, like I, I'll take pictures on my phone if I think it looks cool. Like it doesn't matter. It's just, but it's always a great like conversation starter, which is always fun. You know, it makes me feel cooler than I am. So that, that was cool. And uh,
1: you know, yeah. I, I, so I went to the, my first one in, in 2009 and it was kind of like, just to go to get inspired and, um, and I, it was worthwhile, but I kind of was just in and out for a day. But then the next year was the, the skyline was there and we had the big billboard and, they had foam floating people and we did the whole hall H thing, which was pretty incredible. You know, like we, you got to be there early the night before and like check the sound and check the picture and everything. And, uh, and my wife came and we had our, like our baby boy Ronan and like, we're like backstage and like Nick Cage is drive angry presentation was the one on before us so like he's like right there it was it was a really cool feeling but then like you walk through the convention floor with the baby and you're like "Uh, I'm having a panic attack there's just too many people you know uh this was a mistake um but no it it was a it was kind of like the best part of I always I say it's the best part of that uh movie and that whole release schedule because you're you're just on pure hype there, you know. It's like, hey, yeah. it's a good-looking trailer. People are excited about it. There's no re- bad reviews yet or anything. It's all just <laughs> like you're 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 coasting on it, and you know you say hi to uh, Stan Lee and uh, at the parties. And uh, I remember seeing like Josh Whedon at, at a party, like dancing it up with chicks. And I was like, isn't that guy married? But you know, to to be continued. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that, a
2: little funky. I wonder what that's about. Yeah, Anyways. yeah. That
1: was all. That was 2010 uh i'm trying to remember one other cool guy um but anyway and then the last time i went i went back in 2012 uh because a uh, shout out to chris my friend chris Payne, who's uh, i think it's his uncle like work security at at there so he could just like let us into panels and i really wanted to go see the pacific rim panel so i went yeah. to the warner brothers panel that and i saw all of the uh all of Warner Brothers and saw the Zack Snyder presenting Man of Steel, which like looked so incredible. All all and so I got caught up like afterwards as like a fan in that hype train of being on there. And, and the Warner Brothers 2012 for 2013, it was a pretty insane lineup, and it was all uh really exciting stuff. So I, I get that like intensity. and and it did like really catch fire like you're in hall h seeing man of steel for the first time everyone was like when they're the punch down the side of the building like coming towards each other we're all just like ah (laughs) it was contagious. So I mean, as, as cynical as it can all be that you're all like standing in line, like luckily I got to cut the line like an asshole, but like you're everyone's standing in line to see commercials for multi, you know, massive, huge corporations. Like the enthusiasm is real. And uh, and so that that is always like the stuff you try to cling to, I guess.
2: Yeah, no, you're totally right. Cause like I ended up going to Hall H, like a kind of a last minute thing a uh, buddy from Discussing Film was like, Oh, they're gonna they're, they're gonna show some footage from something. And I was like, okay, what is it? And he's like, oh, strong running for. And I was like, oh, okay, like like a trailer. He's like, I think so. And so I, I got to got to go like the last the very last minute. Um, I didn't know Keanu was gonna show up there. I was also just interested in like Tim Miller, uh, Andrew Stanton and Chad Stahelski talking to each other. I'm maybe not a fan of the moderator, but they did a very good job for that panel. And let them do most of the talking. Uh, Tim Miller, I'm a big fan of now. After this, he was very emotionally open and honest about his experiences. Um, he started like choking up, explaining how grateful he was to receive like such enthusiastic responses to the Deadpool footage because you know he worked on that forever. Uh, right. And it, it was just like, man, I, I, I don't maybe I'm not a big fan of this guy's movies, but he's I like this guy. <laughs> and he's yeah. like riffing with everyone. He's making sure everyone's involved in the conversation. I was like, that, I want like a beer with that guy. You know, that was that was really cool. And I got like one
1: excerpt from that talking about Terminator. And he seemed like you said, really cool and kind of like introspective about
2: whether or not it worked and stuff like that. So, yeah, I check it out. I had to quote tweet that. That fucking deadline article. The deadline article makes it clear. The headline makes it sound weird. But people were like, "Oh, he like hates his own movie, whatever." I thought the Terminator was good. And it's like he he does too. Like he didn't say. Yeah, he's negative talking about more about movie. the fact
1: that it didn't obviously that it it didn't match his expectations of what he wanted it to be. You know how it was received. It, it wasn't some huge hit that's going to get a sequel. That that's obviously what you do when you spend two hundred million
2: dollars on a blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. and I, I I would agree with him on maybe maybe the interest has waned for Terminator. I think we can all kind of like understand at least what they're trying to do with it. That's not what you do with it anymore. Like it's if that's right. over, it's dead. Maybe. uh No, a it's CG interesting. More. Like you said, with Prey, like it's like you, you kind of, you can't
1: go back to that. Like the 80s was 40 years ago. Like I was born in
2: 82. I'm 40 years old. Like you kind of have to do something new. <laughs> and uh it's funny. I remember the Shane Black Predator coming out. The big hype was like, we're reinventing the franchise. We're doing this, we're doing that. And it's like, you do less, do (laughs) way less. And I like that movie. I'm the one guy that still thinks it's pretty fun until the end. Uh, But yeah, don't, no one's going to remember that as like a reinvention. I think people will look at Prey as like, oh, you can still do like a lot of cool shit. Like there's the way the predator moves and like some of the imagery with like the cloaking whatever. I'm not gonna say anything, not because I care about spoilers, but I was really genuinely like surprised and impressed at what they were able to do with what was a pretty small budget, I think. Saw like in mostly natural light, just probably that was like less expensive. No, Uh, that if you're shot in natural light,
1: it's it's not, it's not like it doesn't look like it's a huge budget, but that's actually like that means you're getting days because it's limiting the time. And some of the stuff, the way people are shooting stuff now is like they want it all kind of done on a stage. Cause that way it's, it's totally controlled and you're going to maximize the time with actors, which is kind of some of the, uh, the stuff of why things look a little funky on, on some of these Netflix movies. Mm. But if they're actually shooting like the whole movie in natural light and it's on location, it doesn't mean it's a big budget. It just means they, they prioritize shoot
2: days, which is the correct way to do it. That's all. Yeah. The, uh, I listened to Dan Trachtenberg in a Q and A after he was saying, I don't know if this is out there, but he was saying like it was the shoot was initially like 63 days and then it was 63 plus. Yeah. 63 is like, that's very healthy. That's great. And they, him and and like other people were like emphasizing, well, it was more like 65 plus. I think it was a little more. And then it sounds like it was a tough shoot, but everyone was very proud of it. Like, I think it was clear that they were really happy with it. it got, a standing ovation, that might be just a Comic-Con thing, but I didn't really realize I chimed in with that either. So maybe it's like just really good. <laughs> no, I mean, so that, that's that's a little bit of a festival thing too, though. It's like just not
1: having anyone else's voice in your head and sitting down to something is like a, a, a pretty great feeling. And not even, you know, we've had some trailers, but it just hasn't been oversaturated. So you get that kind of, that that naked viewing is is always fantastic.
0: I'm just, uh, I'm most excited. Vice, I can't remember if it was you or Dahlia that was saying that all along Predator should just be like some genre and then boom, a Predator shows up, right? Like, yeah. it's like a film noir and then a Predator shows up or like whatever. And this totally looks like that. This totally looks like sort of like a frontier, you know, old timey action movie. And then bam, Predator shows up, uh, which is really such... It's so like you said, Diego, do less. That is such a simple concept. Don't fuck with that very basic simple concept. And it sounds like based on your reaction, that that they kind of just nail that vibe for this one.
2: Yeah, like I brought it up earlier, but I was I was really taken with some of just the, the predator imagery. It's like it's not like an overhaul design either. And it's also not like 12 feet tall or whatever. Um, which I know receives oh. mixed responses or are- but I like the concept, is what I'll say. Um, but this one is definitely just like, no, no, this, this is a Predator in different... Wait, contexts. you like the concept of the 12-foot-tall one and the Predator? I think the Predator has a, an interesting premise where it's like, what if the ultimate Predator starts cheating and like starts roiding up? And then you have these fucking losers on Earth who can't even like tie their shoes properly and they have to go up against it. I think that's a great premise. I don't even remember that part. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) The 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 reason why I
1: judge that movie harshly is that like AVPR was made before it and like shot in the same fucking Vancouver forest. So it's like,
2: no, what are you guys
1: doing? It looks so similar. I just, that it's like, they had the benefit of seeing something not work and they did the same thing in some of the stuff that that's kind of where I'm like, uh, that th- that that just knocked me off visually right off the bat at the beginning of that movie. I was like, I think we shot there. Is it the same fern forest in <laughs> outside of Vancouver?
3: What, am I am I fucking like high on paid fumes right now? What's happening? Yeah. Per- predator tangent. <laughs> Sorry, I podcast. But yeah, it's like the thing that was rich to me is that um, you know, like we've been saying, you don't after s- Predator Two expanded the lower quote unquote of what the predators are, but like only just by like a a slight but significant amount. The problem with the sequels, is, as, as we were saying, like, you know, like, Dolly, like, Chris, you know, John Fromatic, I've been saying, you know, just insert movie and purchase it. Like, the hell, like, as we can tell, somewhat, the Predators have a hierarchy within themselves. So to make this kind of um weird, artificial, like, here's the wolves and the dogs, whatever the fuck he said, and whatever co- coked out uh, Larry Fishburne said in, in that Predators movie, the wolves and dogs, we're gonna dog wolf them. Like, all that artificial shit, like, this, it's just, like, nonsense. It's just, like, Chilly b-movie nonsense it's like just make the fucking these weird tribal dudes with their fucking lizard tribal tats show up in the you know the battle of the balls well, you know like they, they, they go too far with it with those well i'm happy to hear that it's kind of back to scale or you know some would say back to basics but even then like what you're saying it sounds like it's a it's an actual legitimate progression forward as far as the franchise and even like i guess actually sounds like
2: uh, and there's one sequence that I, I was just so fucking taken with. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to love this like all the way through. I think if they, if they keep this energy, I'm going to love it. And again, I'm not going to describe anything, but it's like it's a perfect like single shot that explains the entire like methodology of the Predator. Like this could be someone's first Predator movie. And I'd be like, oh, I get what they do. Like, and it will it, be. And it will be. And that's something you always have to think about. The, yeah. the, that's really cool. hmm.
1: Uh, Although I, also, I do. I only saw like one person do it, but just can we not say already that it's better? The best Predator movie. Can we just, no, just put the brakes on that, please?
2: Let's no, wait don't. 40 years. See if everyone's still watching it like every fucking day. Yeah, Dan Schrappenberg is a fucking terrific director. I, if someone thinks this is better, that's fine. But yeah, all that goes for like any movie when it's like, oh, this new one's the best one. I and know and I am like, the
1: <laughs> biggest Maverick fanboy but it was like can we not say that it's better than Top Gun the movie that's like had this huge iconic legacy for 40 years like g- give it give it a, a
2: while before like let's <laughs> let's give it a year for fuck's sake yeah uh, I just want to shout out some of the cast from the movie Amber Midthunder who plays the lead is terrific she was also very kind and and uh, spoke to me and uh, we took a picture together she was clearly Mickey. like kind of overweight yeah yeah i was very lucky but like (laughs) i think she was a little like overwhelmed like in a in a a way that's like relatable where it's like oh wow like people like are gonna pay attention to me now (laughs) um she's terrific in the film uh the the guy who plays new predator dane deligro i think his name is he came out so i think collider fucked up the the screening i think they overbooked it and so people that were told that they were guaranteed seats were not guaranteed seats and a lot of people probably had their evening ruined because uh i almost didn't get in at the end there it was very it got intense at the, at the last minute you I, had to you had to say that you're with action for everyone and they were like oh fuck. Oh yeah and they're like oh fucking get this guy in there right fucking now go 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 <laughs> i walked in i was led in by one of the the, the theater people right when the, the 20th century logo came up like the movie had just started so i was like oh thank god i didn't miss anything sweet relief sweet relief yeah. yeah. but the predator actor he came out and he was like is everyone going to get in like he was checking up on people and like thanking people for coming out he's going to do what he can to get everyone in or as many people in as possible and i was like he didn't have to do that you know that was super cool and then there's a new guy named Dakota Beavers who's essentially kind of the Coley, and he's the sibling to Amber Midthunder's character I cannot believe this guy's a first-time actor. He's got, like, such, like, a, a rapturous, like, excited energy. And he, he was there in, like, the Q&A, too. He was, like, so happy to be there. He was happy everyone liked him. He was, like, piping up the audience, too. And it was great. It was, it was a great experience. It might be my favorite part of the trip, frankly.
0: What would it be like meeting filmmakers and having them actually be nice people? I, I'm not <laughs> familiar with that, with that <laughs> feeling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, I was just going to say when you said that the Amber Midthunder is like overwhelmed, you just going to think about if you've been to like like a normal Hollywood premiere, it's so much more like kind of like blasé and people don't want to act like super cool about it. Like even, even when they're excited compared to Comic-Con where people are just like, oh my God, that was fucking
2: awesome. You were great. It's just a completely different experience and it's way better, obviously. Yeah, I, I will say the worst part of any Q&A is the fan questions. It's no one's fault i just wouldn't encourage it if i was moderating a q a you know um there are people like was that a reference to this predator movie and, that Pred-? and like there are oh, references no. oh, to no. every single predator movie like just slight visual ones especially which i i liked because it's not just like lines of dialogue although there, there might be some of that too um but it, yeah the, the audience portion of the q a kind of like Everyone was on a high and it was like, oh, we're fizzling out now. We're, Wait, right, is the we end of it.
1: the movie? It cranes out and it says, like, we will name this area Gunnison, Colorado. And it, and it-
2: <laughs> That's it. It's, it's the AD, ADPR prequel. <laughs> you figured it out.
1: Yep. Oh, my God. Uh that, that the code name of that movie was Colorado Nights. It was like, oh, God, I just <laughs> opened up an entire can of PTSD in my back of my so brain. Sorry. I'm going to be quiet
2: for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, Pray Pray Rocks. Everyone get real excited for it. Sorry you can't watch it in a theater. I'm going to be bragging about that until the day I die. Basically.
3: <laughs> well, this is awesome.
2: Awesome. Love
0: it love it um vice you uh made it also to New York Asian Film Festival
3: this weekend too oh yes yes so you kind of mentioned the different these different uh, levels and vibes of film festivals and so uh so here in New York every summer what of i think personally i've only been to a few but i think it's one of the best film festivals in the country maybe even the world as far as the pure content programming goes and this is the New York Asian Film Festival uh this is today, this year is your 20 20th anniversary, so we're going for a strong while now, and you know, as the name denotes, you know, it's uh, Asian influence, But you know, they part of their whole big drive is from all of Asia, all the Southeast Asia, uh, all kinds of cultures and nations and and, and topics represented, um, and they, they kind of give this platform for countries or, or for where certain regions where like certain issues are taboo, and like uh, LGBTQ or, or or even like or things like that are kind of you're given space to be shared, but also they also uh, dig into the really hard, really crazy genre stuff as well, um, as you might expect. You know, uh, the spirit of Takashimiki lives on, and then, but also like, uh, yeah, you, you kind of see that the, the cross-polarization, I guess, of uh, different genres from different countries influence uh, each other. Like, uh, for example, I think of uh, uh, Filipino and, and Indonesian horror films in re- recent years have gotten a lot of press lately, and uh, you know, it's a good thing. Uh, so, I think really go for the past about four or five years now. Um, and every, every time I go, I always have one standout film that's like one of my favorites of the year, of of, of all the all, of all films around in, in the world. And this year, so I saw one movie yesterday morning that blew my mind. One of the best of the year for me so far. And I followed up with another one that was really cool. Um, and so one of the, one of the cool things about the Asian Film Festival is that you can, um, because they have a lot. Of, sometimes we'll have recurring directors or uh, actors, whatever um display the movies throughout the years so it's almost like you have your own like a private showcase to your favorite film director that nobody else knows about um one of these is a director mikhail red He's a he's a uh, filipino uh, director um and he's had one he he has a famous movie well well well-known we call birdshot from years ago so this year his new movie um this is called uh arisaka and it's kind of it's a really interesting uh and he focuses he does horror stuff but his real kind of bread and butter is um Hard noir kind of crime stuff uh, that kind of that kind of directly confronts like the police corruption in, in the Philippines. And, you know, it's like, it's like really hard shit. It's like not like not it's not easy breezy Sunday, Sunday viewing. But like that's what I put what I appreciate about this film festival, about these movies. like they, they go for it. Um, yeah, and it's kind of cool. Uh, I just want to I want to start with this movie. So it's called Arisaka. Um, coming out this, this year. And it's is a, a cop, uh, cop, a, a a good cop. Uh, get, runs afoul of a bad like, crew of uh, 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 like, uh, corrupt corrupt cops. But uh, so they have to, uh, they're trying to kill her because she's a witness to a, a big conspiracy plot and she has evidence. But they're doing this uh, as they're on a convoy uh, along the route that was the Bataan, uh, the death march. Uh, this is back in the World War II era where Japanese soldiers uh, forced uh, thousands of uh, European soldiers uh, to their deaths essentially. And so she's essentially kind of recreating this journey of the struggle to survive or this death march on the actual trail, but in a new context between, you know, uh, trying to survive uh, and help local people and the crazed, you know, corrupt people, the corrupt cops. So it's a really, and again, it's like a, it gets really pretty bloody, really intense, you know, really, uh, you know, pe- they don't, they don't hold back, but they're going to pull punches, really solid stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm going to check out, uh, Hopefully, with uh, this director's kind of a no well-known reputation, they'll probably get a release sooner than later. Like I mentioned before, his previous film Birdshot is on Netflix now, so you can check that out. You can kind of get this to feel what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, so hopefully that'll get a wider release uh, sooner than later. But yeah, overall, um, there's a lot more movies there to see at the film festival, but uh, just you know, time depending. But uh, they have they have because of the pandemic, have added a uh, online option streaming options as well. So you can check that out as well. So yeah, once again, it's the New York Asian Film Festival, uh, nyaff.com. So you can check out what they do. Check out the movies that they, uh, they show. And you know, it's not just like you know, it's not just like the boring, quiet, you know, like four hour Chinese dramas or whatever. They do like blockbuster too. Like as for for I think for uh, this weekend or this week, they're going to be showing the uh, I think the North U.S. premiere of uh, Hansan, Rising Dragon, which is the prequel to the Admiral currents the Korean, the the highest grossing uh, movie in Korean history. Like, so they're they showing like really big name stuff as well. Um, so yeah. that's
0: and they're they're also doing, I believe it's the US premiere of Shin Ultraman. Of, yes, uh, yes,
3: yes, that was yesterday. I, I couldn't tell you that, for me. that was they, they do like really big releases. Uh, that, that, for example, that's why I saw the uh, I saw the villainous, it's world premiere. Uh, oh, what's US premiere a few years ago, and then I saw the world premiere by Bust. Uh, we part of that too. So yeah, they, they're they're a legit film festival, like not just like you know, some like you know, again, not just the. Not just the lemon trees in, in, in Gaza, whatever, like or like like actual pe- movies people want to see. <laughs> so, you know, again, as it, it's, it's the best, one of the best festivals in the world, honestly. <laughs> so, I do, do check it out again, New York Asia Food Festival. And then, um, whether you're in the area or, or you can check, check your content online, I highly recommend it. And I'll, hopefully, I'll be going for years to come.
0: Yeah, it's it's on my very short list of film festivals that I wanna that I want to get to at some point. It's on my bucket list because they also do, you know, in addition, they do a bunch of retrospectives and re-screenings. Like I know they're they've got Kung Fu Hustle, you know, they're showing that, and uh Johnny Toes running on karma and, and and a bunch of that stuff. So uh it, it just seems like kind of like heaven for a film festival for me uh which is weird considering i do live in the home of you know kind of one of the big film festivals but i would so much yeah. rather go to new york to go to the new york asian yeah
3: you remind me because i remember one of the years uh, i saw a film from 1995, uh kamikaze taxi this is and it, i guess it's kind of a legendary film but I, I i never heard of it before and uh and I, I saw they, they they saw the uh a 35 uh naked killer kind of hard to see movie like they do a lot of really cool stuff like that it's, it's really impressive. present. I'm really glad to be a part of. Be able to take part in that stuff. It was great.
0: And it also probably doesn't have the general, you know, Sundance vibe. That uh... oh,
3: that's the best part for me. So like, okay, so here's a cool thing. So the the film festival usually takes place in the two areas, like a uh, Chelsea for the second half. For the first half, it's a Lincoln Center, the Walter Reed Theater, you know, next to the world famous Lincoln Center, world well, you know, opera, or whatever. Dude, there's so many angry like uh old school upper east side Jewish people there, old dudes. It's the best. Because you are guaranteed to get to see a fight. Not even a kung fu fight, yeah, a real fight in the stands. But it's the best like it's, it's like it's like the actual real fabric of New York people. Like they old boy had to so do. They gotta go see the film movie. they every time. And they always complain. This is great. <laughs> like, yeah, so it's the best thing ever. One time I was there and uh there was this uh, uh, white lady there, she was and an Asian lady and she had a problem with her teeth. And then um the white lady was like uh um uh, you, you should uh you should uh, read the rules of how the tickets go the AZ, AZ lady goes you should mind your business I was like oh shit it's on <laughs> like that, that like this, again this is like New York film culture is kind of a weird thing to me because like you know there's like a bunch of like um, this is totally total tangent by the way but bunch of like you know weird modern like hipster stuff but no that's the real new shit thing. like you know people getting in, in fist bites and, and, and push each other out that's where it's at man love that
1: shit <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: that's what i think of when i think of old school new, new york like film critics like just vincent Camby and pauline kale just walking around slapping people you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. i'm trying to think of which movies i've seen in new york i saw war of the worlds there and it was awesome and then i i saw boiler room there for some reason and it like made that movie 10 times better you know there's like there's that one scene where they're like they go to the gay guys at the bar and they're like hey they should put like all you on an island and then the gay guy was like yeah you're on it and the whole place was like ah (laughs) it just like totally makes everything go up like a star when you have those crazy crowds so yeah Um,
0: all right. So before we jump into the movie of the day, uh, which I have significantly less enthusiasm to talk about today than I did last night, I'm not nearly as fired up this morning as I was, um, but that's because I don't. Have- shots at me this morning and that you were not liam that was not no
1: oh yeah i i yeah i i I, there's a thing about twitter is that you can make a tweet and you're kind of enjoying your own little audience in your timeline and then people are like fucking shooting each other in the head on their timeline and then you're like wait i wasn't trying to do i don't know what's going on over here people are you know making personal accusations about the fucking you know netflix movie it's
0: crazy <laughs> um but before we do that uh let's do a final wrap on san diego uh we obviously can't talk about every trailer that premiered uh that we saw but i i mean we obviously at least you know diego you got to see it in person the john wick trailer it's short it's sweet it doesn't reveal a lot it fucking doesn't need to because it's got donnie yen and hiroyuki sonata and a sword fight so i honestly literally could not know what else you could you know expect out of john wick for um and i loved it too i love somebody on twitter I don't, I don't know who it was it might not even been somebody that i follow might have just been a retweet that somebody said i love that we have an action hero who's who's like tough guy catchphrase is just
3: yeah <laughs> oh wait, yeah I, I put a little clip there of uh just like a, what three seconds of donnie in fighting kind reeves you know, just you know, just like this kind of seeing, you know, those three seconds, those six shots, it's how kind of cool. I guess going to talk this goes into the next conversation. You can just kind of feel sometimes like the craft or the, the mastery going on. Like these are just, like high level dudes being captured by high high level people, and like and then, again, like the six kinds of like just excellence. You know, speaks speaks a lot to you know, like, what what people respond to, what they want. Oh, and, and on the side of that. Like you mentioned the uh the, the Twitter beef shit, I was like I put the clip there, right? And then somebody was like, yeah, is this do we have to pretend that uh, Keanu can stand even have a chance against uh Danny Yen in a fight? And I was like, I mean, Keanu can fight for real a little bit, you know? But then it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, he's like he's six one and like can do you know jiu like, I'm not gonna. Fight. I'm not gonna fight Keanu <laughs> like,
1: People, you know? people really seem to like like underestimate body weight in fights because I do not like fighting people heavier than me. It is not easy. Uh, but yeah, I get it. I mean, but also yeah. you know, it's not fucking real, everybody. Jesus fucking Christ.
3: they are old. Even they would do imaginary bullshit fight. They're both old men, almost sixty. Years. Like, like they, whoever whoever fights, they're both gonna break a hip. <laughs> it does <But> <laughs> I, I was just
1: gonna say that uh, what I love about the John Wick movies and like, and I like, I, I I love the first one. Um, I always felt like, said it felt like it was uh based on a graphic novel that didn't exist. Um, and it and then you know the the second one took things up a notch and it started to introduce more of the martial arts because the first one's really about gunplay, you know, and uh and then what why I like the third the best so far is because he really kind of. They basically are like, okay, we have the perfect kind of franchise now to just really showcase like world class martial artists to the biggest audience possible, and it, that and that this just seems like the logical next step to take. You know, one of the masters of the last twenty years, and give him this. It, it I from what I'm hearing, he's like a co lead in the movie. I mean, just from Instagram, you could see that he shot this thing for a long time with them, uh, with Keanu. So, to me, it's just like. I forget about the story and all that other stuff. To me, it's just, it's so awesome that they realized like what it was the perfect v- venue for. It's like, we have everybody's attention on this thing and we can use this to put the best people in the world, you know, at the forefront. And, and these are guys that, you know, even though Donnie does a ton of huge, big budget stuff in China, it's just, it's still, I don't know, it's still awesome that they're kind of leveraging this thing into to doing it all the right way.
0: Yeah, I mean, other than triple X. XXX- uh, Donnie's never really had a Western lead, you know, this big. I mean, obviously he's a big part of Rogue One and they 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 take care of him and he looks, you know, they give him a couple of great scenes in that movie. Uh, I We were actually talking on Discord about Triple X uh, that it's the one time I've ever seen Vin actually be willing to step out of the spotlight, you know, because that movie hooks Donnie up. And it's like, it's like, even Vin's like, uh, it's fucking Donnie Yen. What am I going to do? You know, I mean, because he is legit. Like, if people haven't seen Return of Xander Cage, Donnie is legit the co-lead of that movie. I mean, he has an arc. He's got an entire... He's
3: X. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, he is. He's... Um, I mean, so even Vin's like, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not going to... I'm just Donnie. Go do Donnie. And this looks the same. I, I know some people were speculating that Donnie was actually going to be like... And it's pure speculation that Donnie was going to be like, John's friend and they, but it actually looks from the trailer. Like that's more what Hiroyuki Sonata is playing. And that Donnie's more like, I don't know the fucking Terminator or something with his black glasses and just, uh, you know, his badass suit and looking cool. And, um, but
1: yeah, that I, I, I've heard Sergio Leone influenced is, is really what the vibe is on this. And that that's when I saw that I was like, Oh, it, it's, it's good, the bad, the ugly. And, and, uh, Donnie looks like he's the bad, you know,
3: but who knows? Yeah, remind me real quick. Just, I'm sorry, but just remind me real quick. In the first one, did anybody have those bulletproof suits? The bespoke bulletproof suits? I don't think so. No, think they, so. they introduced the
0: bulletproof suit in the second one.
3: Yeah, so that, that goes to your point, Liam, about how they kind of engineered this to be what it is now. Like you know, you can only kill people, so many, shoot people so many times before they're not dead. Or so, like, how do we fix, how do we fix that quote unquote? And they did kind of release a really, nice, really brilliant uh, device, I guess you know. It's, it's, it's simple but effective. So it's bulletproof. Okay, but well now you can get stabbed though and, then, and then that's all the knife fights. Yeah, yeah. essentially they did that.
2: Yeah, yeah the, the that trailer brought the house down in person and they were like, fuck it, let's just play it again. And I was like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I'm also, I'm just such a sucker for, you know, you give me any movie where somebody is like, punching a wall until their hands bleed as part of training. And I am just, I am in like, I'm in so much I, I, that, that I am just a mark for that. Uh, so the way that they cut it, you know, that's like the opening of the raid two with eco just going off. Exactly
1: him. what I was thinking when you said mm-hmm. that. Yeah. One of the
0: most amazing scenes I've ever seen. So it just has everything that that I could want, but I would mentioned on Twitter because obviously the movie we're going to talk about later was second unit and choreo by eighty seven eleven. And uh, I just pointed out, I said, here's the thing. There's 8711 guns for hire. They're still very good at what they do, but then there's 8711 working with Chad. And those are not the same things because Chad is 8711. And so he just so intimately understands how to use his action team in a way that very few people, I think, do. Um, you know, so it just it just has a whole different vibe. It has a whole different look uh, from... Almost any action movie that you see, I think.
3: Uh, you you said you didn't want to talk about it, but you start you got infused now, man. That- no, no, no,
1: they they so <laughs> you know they they have their their warehouse was actually right up the street from me, and like he's they're there every day, like working and rehearsing on the stuff. So like yeah, Chad stuff is just like it's so dialed in because it's like it, it it's not just the actual prep time; it's like it's a year round thing so that it just feels like the ideas are, are um, you know, like where, where you're in a room and it just, it keeps getting better. The best, best idea wins um, is, is what those movies feel like for sure.
0: Yeah. And, and people will literally show up at the warehouse to train with them. Like people who aren't even 87, 11, they're like Marcos Aurora will go there and train and they'll just work on ideas and they'll just, you know,
1: uh, Daniel, Daniel Bernhardt is there almost every day. That that's, that's yeah.
0: When Scott was in LA, he spent almost every day at 87, 11, uh, too. Uh, just, you know, um, the, the other movie coming up and, you know, we've talked about the trailer, but, but it's coming out soon. So we'll just save, but, uh, you know, I think, I, I think, uh, day job you know jj perry has a chance to also be that dialed in like chad is working with that same team so um we'll see well
1: i'd also say wakanda forever is like that was a pretty cool trailer and uh, it definitely was had an emotional reaction it is interesting that there's going to be like three underwater movies in the next couple of months but uh i'm just seeing that one kind of go fucking crazy uh to get your everyone else's thoughts on it
3: yeah, Jesus Christ. Like they say, you know, trailers are haunting, or, you know, this is movie's fucking haunted for real. Like the ghost of Chadwick Boseman hangs over this entire thing, if not the MCU totality. And it's, you know, it's even now it's kind of hard to talk about it, actually, a little bit. Cause, like, you know, that was just, from all accounts, a great man, like in yeah. real life. And, and so, it, like, this just kind of, yeah, it's so weird. Maybe this is like an extra, extra hard thing for the, for the the black community to kind of cause, you know ask you know I see the, the black Twitter reactions you know things just crying and and you, this is like we feel this shit in our our soul man because like that was like one of the good one of the one of our greatest <laughs> icons and it's like what the fuck is gone like gone and it's like Jesus Christ you know like uh it's just hard this that to deal with but then like it's like you see the imagery of like him being exalted It's like so all these real world feelings getting processed into this you know crazy blockbuster movie uh it's it, oh it's like our friend uh, uh brendan said he's like it's like a it's good if it, was, it looks like a, a feature-length blockbuster wake that's what just like presenting to us like th- i don't think anything really has like this has been kind of attempted before that i can recall i don't know like i, I can't i'm trying to remember like last time like a big star like died and then like, they kind of had, had to go on without him or whatever maybe like i don't know like maybe like batman or dr rises or whatever but even then that was like they kind of just 7
0: Seven's the one that comes the closest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm.
3: That, that's definitely, totally, and, and that that one is kind of strange because, well, strange or it's in the fast it, series. They, they hey, he, but that, he
1: died. He died halfway, so it was just yeah. completely. Yeah, it's different.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's, they still have to like they have to go on without him. But, like in that universe, they, uh, Diesel affirms definitively that Brian is always with them physically but also you know spiritually too but like that's that's a very uh, unique and I think you know heartfelt approach to how they did it but this one is like you know like these are this is a like you said a different animal like you have to have this marquee star to be he's the character like Iron Man is the Tony Stark uh, is a RJ like that's how they made these things to be so this is just a very strange but I mean so hopeful like it looks it looks fucking great you know and like like <laughs> <laughs> it looks amazing. I was just
1: gonna say it does feel particularly cruel. It it always did, but when when you say it like that, it is just like, uh, yeah.
3: It, I, I... Yeah. So I guess I guess it it does. How do I describe this? It evokes that feeling like um. Well, a, a few months ago, uh, I had a cousin who passed away. Actually, and it see the big of in news, it was a like fire or something like that. And so my my aunts they chose to um. When they had the wake, they didn't call it a wake; they called it a celebration. And I see that a lot in um, in communities of color, Black communities, specifically. Like, you know, we don't we try instead of having like this kind of somber uh, memorial, we have parties. So it has gone? So I kind of feel like that's what they're doing for really. Like they they're like, we know this is so hard for everybody to deal with, but we're going to like celebrate it, and so they're going to do it with this crazy fucking we're gonna do with, with with uh uh namor like that's, a, that's such a wild thing to, con- to conceive but that's what they're do- i think that's the comic book equivalent of what they're doing for this this celebration as opposed to awake so it's really uh, yeah it's kind of it does feel unprecedented to me um you know even besides fast furious or you know like this feels like it's never been done before so i'm really excited anxious nervous about it all, but yeah i mean but the best thing going for it is that you know one Shrine kugler you know he's you know, pretty unbeatable director so far and just, you know, the the Black Panther being among the best of the movies of the Marvel you know, my high school scene of all time, whatever, you know, all, all that stuff so it has a lot going for it even with this great tragedy overcasting everything. So yeah it's just an interesting time. Yeah, yeah, I'm
2: shocked at how good it looks not that I doubted Ryan Krugler, I just, you know, the, the tragedy of Chadwick Boseman's passing and like how do you even like make a move like why would you want to make a movie so soon after that that was a question kind of going through my mind and it it, it looks terrific i'm I, I can't i can't beat around the bush it looks so good and i was getting responses from friends that are just like i don't even like black panther they don't like the mcu but they don't even like that one and they're like all right that was that was pretty fucking good and i was like where, where did this come from it's like oh yeah ryan coogler like maybe they gave him enough space to make it like like a special Event like a farewell for everyone, and I don't know, it could be really, really good if they pull it off.
3: I think, yeah, even because it also kind of there would been kind of rumblings of like you know, you know, the thing with the, the uh, Lisa Ride, you know, like all these mm-hmm. kind of weird back uh, uh, behind the scenes misgivings through the production, but now so there was, there was, also, there was also that kind of going into it, like you know, is, is things are, are things going to fall apart, but at mm-hmm. least from what they presented, this looks like a fully cohesive thing that's like full board ready to go this like this this year is coming like soon yeah like four
2: months which is like they hid this from like the world for like so long and now it's like oh it's it's like right here right now and like just visually it looks like stunning like i know i'm definitely one of the people that kind of goes in on the the look of some of these Mm -hmm. movies (laughs) not uniformly lately it's been real bad though like i I got no explanation there (laughs) um but it It doesn't look like just another one of their products it looks like there's actual care and like the imagery and then like uh i think okoye walking out of the shadows and it's just like whoa (laughs) like Where has this been? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 what are the, you're hiding this from me. Don't well, do what, that.
1: Hold on, Diego, because you are one of the few people I've ever seen on the TL say you're pro eternals. So, yes, <laughs> so so you know, let me hear what why do you like that one? Because it's it's at the bottom of of, of my list
2: of no, well, this is funny because I'm the inverse, I think, of most of you at least. I yeah, I don't know if you all like Shang-Chi still I did not I do um, yeah I was really drawn uh, by Chloe Zhao's direction I, I thought she snuck in like compelling imagery uh, I, I was shocked at like I thought the like the comedic relief character Kingo thought was going to get like annoying like from the trailers you know like okay that's the comedic relief character but thought it was like interesting that he's he's just kind of like a coward <laughs> and like that's his arc he's just like he doesn't learn he's just like i can't do this and i'm like this is like kind of thorny material uh and at least for a marvel movie anyways i think i just bought into like its lofty aspirations uh my film critic buddy josh lewis has a negative take on the movie that i think still aligns with mine though in a way where it's like there's there's almost like a problem when these movies do have like lofty goals and like they want to say something really important it's still within the confines of like a grander franchise so sometimes they kind of like undercut that with um like the the fact that it has to continue right like it's never gonna really end so like the story that you just watched could have been really moving and powerful but it's not gonna matter in the grand scheme of things right and then i thought eternal like like actually addressed that in a weird way too where it's like doesn't really matter whether or not like things end badly or like uh, your experiences with humanity are what are going to define you regardless and i was like this is i don't know i thought it was really good for phase four marvel which i think most people were kind of like surprised they even announced it was ending already they heard everyone was complaining about it, and Kevin Feige was like, oh, we're done with that No do it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, no, he, he reads the tweets, who knows what's up. I told you,
1: yeah, that was that was the thing we were talking about, that the, the, he's like the, the Biden administration, where they kind of act like, they're like, well, we do what we want, but then they seem to be kind of like, you know, always having an ear to, and trying to then actually get
2: bullied into doing what everybody wants. Kevin Feige is going to be the one to give us health at this point, so... <laughs> <laughs> but you have to buy an IMAX ticket to Black Panther. <laughs> and I will do that. I will definitely do that.
0: So. I, I think part of the problem, too, and and, and uh, part of the reason I think they're maybe ending it, and and I think part of the reason Phase 4 has been such a bit of a mess is because, one, COVID it shuffled all sorts of orders around. We've yeah, talked yeah. About this before. Like, No Way Home was not supposed to be, like coming out as soon as it did and doctor strange was literally like i think supposed to be the start of phase 4 not you know one of the very last ones um but also and and i think wakanda forever has to deal with this chadwick's death like fucked up their entire plan because it was very clear at the end of phase 3 you had your sort of new captain america in black panther and your sort of new thor in captain marvel and uh your sort of new iron man in doctor strange you know falling into those archetypes that they could build a new avengers team around and then chad died you know and it just i mean it just it 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 sucked on so many levels not that i'm like oh poor mcu You know, imagine having to keep all these balls in the air and it's like, this guy is clearly going to be the foundation around which we're building the rest of this series and he passes away, you know, and... So now they had to scramble. And yeah, I thought the trailer looked amazing. The only thing I really take away from it other than I think it looks amazing is that I hope Ryan Kugler has a cabin in the mountains that he can spend the next three years at with no phone, no computer, and just decompress. Because I think having to bring this ship in to the dock. uh Had to be just emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, and physically devastating for him. Like, I cannot imagine that dude's in any way, shape, or form healthy right now, you know? Um, Mm. so you know, I just hope he gets a nice vacation and Marvel has a good therapy plan for him because I I gotta imagine he's gonna need it. So, Mm. um, but no, it looks great, it looks sensitive, it looks exactly like I think the best movie they could have possibly pulled off given the situation and that's really all you can ask for so
2: yeah I also want to shout out the the look for Namor I, I know that character I don't know them like as well as I do like Spider-Man or something like that but I thought it was a really interesting choice to go for like Mayan designs for, for this culture and it's like oh there's like a secretive culture that's now out in the open now another secretive culture is like it looks like they're gonna go to war with each other for some reason and it's like it, it looks like it's not going to be a film that gives us easy answers, which is like what I want out of stories like this. You know, that's why I like Spider-Man
0: a lot. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a Namor expert, but I can tell you the easy answer is because Namor is a fucking dick. Because
3: well, yeah, yeah, that I do once in a
0: while in the comics, Namor just gets a bug up his ass. You know, 90% of the time he's on the side of the heroes. He's an Avenger, you know. But like every 10 years, he just gets a bug up his ass and decides he's gonna invade the surface world. <laughs> and yeah. then like Reed Richards and T'Challa, like after it mostly because he's fucking thirsty for Sioux Storm. So he just keeps invading yeah. talk <laughs> <him> down.
3: <laughs> Talking about <fist> Yeah. <laughs>
0: um all right the only one other thing that i really wanted to mention that got me super excited is my beloved daredevil is back charlie cox is back vincent d'onofrio is back um that uh that has me super excited
2: uh because and and the, the most important part of that announcement it's 18 episodes for the first season yeah it's a real season of television yeah none of this fucking pussy footing uh six part event limited series. Like, no, 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 we're we're gonna make a television show. Wait, wait, wait. I wanna so, but that but I'm that means re- I'm not gonna watch it because yeah. like I fell yeah. off season three <laughs> no. of
1: Dare, through season yeah. two of Daredevil. I
3: wanna no. push because like I like that these um Netflix series have like well it's a problem like they're too long too short. But I like that you know it's like a it feels like a what do they call them? Mini Maxi series. Uh uh Short runs of a comic book—I don't know what they call it—like when a certain author gets like a few series, and that's it. That's what Mm -hmm. it feels like to me. So, but like, so yes, it's gonna be real TV. But like, that's what the problem was—they were too long to begin with. Like those eight episodes were great as a contained overall arc, but there's a lot of fucking filler notes, frankly. So I don't want like 12, 12 what twenty episodes of filler. Fuck that! I like, think that's if they're gonna be if gonna be eighty episodes, make it half hour. Like I hope it make, just does
1: law and order episodes,
3: and it's just about his cases <laughs> and stuff. <laughs>
1: Daredevil a perfect
0: character to do that because you already have you have the superhero shit, but you also have a procedural built in there of you know his day job, uh, and and so there.
3: Uh, but the oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. I'm sorry. No,
0: you're good. You're good. Go ahead.
3: No, because like the thing is like. Honestly, the lawyer stuff in the, the show kind of sucks. Because at the end of every episode, he just goes to be somebody up at the end of the day. Like, I don't know how much of the comics, I don't know if he's this actual lawyering, but at the end of every fucking episode, he's like, alright, now I'm gonna put my, my um, ninja suit on, put my, put my fucking black pajamas on, go beat the fuck out. Like, that's how it always ends. Oh, so yeah. why wait why, a time, do a lawyering stuff? I mean, no, I, Don't I get, get me this wrong, like, the lawyering
0: stuff in the Netflix series uh, sends my lawyer brain into an apoplectic <laughs> fucking, like, <laughs> so bad i'm just choosing to be optimistic that maybe they'll do it a little better this time around
2: um yeah and like the full season thing that like i'm excited about vice is totally right they could totally fuck that up and just like make some some boring ass dog shit uh, i've not finished a single one of the disney plus shows so make of that what you will my expectations aren't like sky high for this I do like uh, Charlie Cox's Mac Murdoch and Liam, yeah. you, you need to finish season three. You need to do season three. Just ignore everything. I'm trying to remember where I fell off. I,
1: I liked the first season. I watched the first season of Punisher and or I watched season two and I no season two of Daredevil is where I ended and like, I liked Luke Cage, but then I just, uh, I think it was after, um, Ma, ma, uh, what's his name? Ma, Maharadi uh, Ali. Maharsham. When the when the bad guy ma, when he died, I was like, "Why would you kill the best actor on the show?" Like, that kind of. <laughs> I, I, it's,
0: it's you know, it's a it's a six year old show, so fuck it. But I think Diego, you and I months ago actually even like talked on Twitter. I, if I hear you're gonna spend the rest of your life in jail knowing this city beat you, that I beat you, I just get fucking chills. I get like Charlie Cox it's, is Daredevil to me. That's all I care about. I am so excited that Charlie Cox is back and uh, and I just will uh, be very happy to see him and Vincent D'Onofrio punch each other. Oh, God, you know, just throw them D'Onofrio, throwing them meat haymakers, knocking Cox 10 feet back and then Cox having to do some ninja shit to even have a chance to stay in it. Give me I'm all in. I'm all in on that um yeah, the, scott for, glenn
1: was also great on that show i did
2: love i oh love scott yeah. glenn yeah yeah and then did anyone watch defenders
0: yeah i did yeah. i'm actually a defense oh, sorry i know i'm actually a defender defender believe it or not
2: oh uh, okay <laughs> one of those i didn't only, know they existed anymore
0: well only because i actually thought i re- i got a lot of joy out of watching uh all five or six members of the cast just continually take the piss out of iron fist for eight episodes so oh, yeah that was fun yeah. <laughs> it, it, but uh it, it's not I, for, I, for,
3: I forgot that um the elder young she played Electra. Did yeah. was she um how is definitively written out because i can't remember what happened at the end her,
0: yep. Or, yep. Yeah. Yep. building building dropped on her so yes, she's uh,
3: like uh, comic yeah. building dropper, or like you know, like, oh, okay,
0: uh, uh, written <laughs> out as the show. Plus, you know, they already killed her once and brought her back to life. It might be going back to the well one too many times.
3: Because I mean, yeah, because like I know Liam said, like she was great as like she's like, she's a great actress. She's she has a she's classy and sultry, but also she can move too with the you know. um i think i see why liam actually she, she's, she's married
1: to uh to, to leon the uh from skylines my friend uh, jonathan howard so i actually i i've met her and when i met her i was like uh so kind of startled with like she just like incredibly gracious like just, she's like a princess that i literally fell i like went and was like did one of those like yeah and talked to her and i fell over it was not like a barbecue <laughs> and i i was just like trying to act cool and like talk about what their, their latest movie was and i like put my arm at a uh, on like a outside uh, a piece of furniture that was not uh Structurally sound to support my body, and I <laughs> fell over <laughs> on my ass and was like, Okay, yeah, I just got here, just met Elodie Young, and I'm uh, wiping <laughs> the beautiful.
3: grass stains off. It's <laughs> fucking beautiful. Oh my god. Uh, well, I, I know that she, um, she has a series on uh, Africa, which network. It is like it's a network uh, running series, um, called The Cleaner, and it's the, I, I, the clean guess, is it The Cleaning Lady? The, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, I guess, like, it's like a remake or like, I think it's a Filipino. Drama series, but a clean lady, as it's titled, but like you know, she gets just like trouble with the mob, whatever. Or she becomes a cleaner for the mob, really, or whatever. So yeah, it's, it, she's great in it too. Like, there's it, it, a lot of like heavy like um immigration stuff in, and like uh, healthcare problems, or, or the problem healthcare, problem immigration. A lot of really heavy stuff in that show. She's doing, and she's she pulling off really well. So I mean, if she's she, she's busy, what I'm saying. So if she doesn't come back for anything ever like, again, I, I know why. She's doing great work, but uh I would love to see her again to do the more kicks into Charlie Cox's face. In cases too, it was just people. Yeah. They had great heard, chemistry,
2: yeah. So I just heard that she wasn't in the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard after being in the first one. I was like, well, why would I watch that then? That,
1: <laughs> that's exactly what I was asking her about when I fell over. I was like, so were you in Hitman's Bodyguard too? And she's like, no. And I was like, what? That was like the whole point of the first movie was their like chemistry and reconnecting. It was it was my favorite part. You know aside from the samuel and 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 ryan Reynolds stuff is fun but it was like oh it, it was about getting back with this girl who was the one that got away and then they're just like no nope, jettison it so that I, that's what i that that was that was the question i was asking when i ate shit
2: <laughs> did, did she give you an answer or was she laughing because you ate shit
1: uh yeah she just it, it was just kind of like uh you know scheduling um but mm. it, I, I don't really remember i just remember the blood rushing to my face
0: they're <laughs> there, there wouldn't have been any good spot for her. they They would not have done her right in that sequel anyway. I mean, they would have had to have completely that script is so hastily crowded and and put together and messy. Ah, fuck yeah, the, the last I talk about the hitman's wife bodyguard, the better. Um, but, oh. no uh, yeah, no, uh all right. Uh, any last real quick thoughts from see C- from San Diego Diego? uh
2: f- fuck. I had a killer-ass steak last night, and then I downed three mojitos and two Long Island iced teas, so I went to bed a very happy man.
3: Yeah, he was living life. Shit. Yeah,
2: that was awesome. Yeah, uh, My co-host and friend Gene, he's here. Uh, he, he went out partying. I, I stayed in, but I had a friend come over, so it was cool.
3: Nice. Old man life, baby. Old man life. How we do it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh let's transition into I called it at the start of the weekend. I said I feel like uh uh the gray man is the movie that's gonna fracture action Twitter. <laughs> and it turns out to have somewhat been true. Um, but uh we'll 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 will heal wounds will heal. But um yeah, the really wildly divisive opinions on this one. I mean, there are some people who really seem to love it. Um, I sort of feel like I just didn't like it. And then the more I thought about it, the more I started to really, really dislike it. Um, You know, there's certainly, I'm certainly going to pay it more compliments today than I, than I, on Twitter because there are some things that I think are actually quite effective in the movie um, I just like I said I stand by it my biggest problem is the entire thing looks like it was shot with a Snapchat filter but uh, Diego let's go to you first what did you think of it because you you had to watch it on hotel Wi-Fi and it took like five hours for you so
2: yeah uh, it's it's bad that's <laughs> good night everyone no okay It's it's not the worst movie ever made like i've heard cherry is but it's it's not good there's there's a certain person on this zoom call with us today who who's gonna go to bat for it and i i just do not understand i think the action is is horrendous uh the cast is is so remarkably talented i am flabbergasted at how little like i found them to be compelling like what Jessica Henwick was just in Matrix Resurrections and like love or hate that movie, dislike it, like it, whatever. She like kind of runs away with that movie whenever she's on screen. Like she's such a fun, engaging presence and here it's just like it's so sterile and not everything needs to be like a, like a uh, shame Black. I, I movie, do want to just, but... while you bring that up, I do think
1: her and the other guy are, are wildly miscast. Um, but specifically her, like his character, Reg, Reggie Jean Page, His could work for the age differences they're going, but they kind of just seem to be trying to make Jessica Henwick look like she's 40 years old and it doesn't make any sense. Um, So I, I, I kind of like applaud the attempt, but you've got the plot line of Billy Bob Thornton being the old guy on the way out. You've got the young gun, Reggie Jean page is uh, replacing him. It kind of would make sense for like Sandra O to be her, the actor in the middle of that, like a gen X in the middle of the boomer and the millennial, but uh, jessica henwick's the same age as him so I, I did think that was uh an odd choice and it was definitely nothing that the actor's fault but just i i didn't think it, she was right for that part
3: They try uh, to explain uh, it away too in the well sorry i, don't, I, I try to explain it away like the, the dynamic of those three in the movie but i was like i don't know I did, it just doesn't what it doesn't work but go ahead. Sorry.
2: Well, I, I'll I'll just wrap up because otherwise I'm gonna be here all day with my anti-Russo's <laughs> takes. But like
1: but no, actually I, I, give I, us the historical thing because you you said on our group chat oh, you yeah. just generally like don't right like down. the Russo's. So you you know, Mike is an interesting contrast to you because he likes the Russo Marvel movies. You
2: hate all the Russo stuff, so like why? Because there I, is I, there's one I like. I like the Winter Soldier still. A lot of okay. people have turned on that movie on film Twitter, I still think it's good politically a little murky sure whatever but i think there's enough there to solidify a really quality movie uh i I also think influential wise that movie
1: was a really good thing for action and and action filmmaking and i think it did kind of center martial arts in big budget blockbusters at at a really great time
2: when it needed it so uh yeah i still defend that one too yeah, uh, after that, I don't, I don't really know what happened. Like, even the action in Civil War, I, I don't think is very good. Uh, I, I don't like the looks of their films. I think they're kind of to blame for the quote-unquote look of Marvel Studios' uh, lesser films. Um, I don't. No, I I, when's little... the last time you rewatched the first Avengers? Yeah. Okay, but uh, look wise, women?
1: look wise, that one is
2: is is really dated. You're, you're probably right. The yeah. like the the C log camera setting is probably yeah, for and just like that, that Captain
1: America wardrobe and that one is so not good. It's, it's not crazy. Cool,
2: but I kind of like that he looks like a loser in it.
1: Ah, uh, they just, but it, just you, you had the chin strap. The chin strap
2: is so good. Why would you ever, in a million years, get rid of that chin strap? Anyway, that, that's true. No, no, no. it's like I, I think Whedon was better at like framing and blocking of like actors and definitely of action. I that, maybe that's a hot take um it's fine it, it, you don't i don't need to defend that a horrible person I don't want to stop but like no i, I, I think just, the look of uh of his second one of age of ultron
1: is pretty good i just think the first avengers is is uh it wasn't a great look at the time but it's definitely aged the most and when you you kind of do a rewatch it's the one that's like oh yeah that
2: was 10 years ago yeah yeah it's, it's uh whoops um Yeah. When I I first saw Civil War, I was like really hyped up with like the the nerd fumes. And then I kind of sat with it and I was just like, wait, this doesn't, I didn't, I didn't really get anything out of that, did I? It's like, it was cool to see everyone. I love Spider-Man, obviously. But I started like, that's when I was really starting to like, try to understand like filmmaking, you know, and like, what am I seeing on screen? Why is this making me feel certain things? Why is this not making me feel certain things? And I don't think they're very good at, like conveying a story visually. I I think they know who to get for their casts. Maybe they miscast them, but they know they they know how to hire people that I'm gonna pay attention to at least. You know, like I root for Tom Holland, like I said last week. I, I was kind of hoping Cherry worked out better. I'll never watch it. So maybe I'll never know. But no one else thinks it worked out very well. Uh I I don't think they really the Russos anyways I, I don't I don't think they just have like a, a great track record directing I, I don't love their avengers films i think it's a lot of like like infinity war has like a real energy to it the pacing is just like non-stop and that's really good for like a, a theme park ride perhaps but maybe not a story i i don't really understand the purpose of that film and i don't think their writing team uh pushes them in in a way that challenges them creatively either. Well, yeah, I mean, look, a writing team's first audience is the director.
1: And if the director is like, like in in the case of the gray man, right? Like if the director is the one that's probably putting this whole thing together, they're writing for the directors because that's their kind of boss in a way. So Mm. a lot of that, it gets informed. It's kind of like how I was at a much smaller, smaller scale, but like I was kind of writing for these this audience of two the the brothers Strauss for like years and it wasn't until afterwards it's like oh I I, I don't even think until the latest Skyline film was like oh this one's just for me because the last all of them I had to write kind of to get past them and get the okay before it was going to get made and, and and it influences things in, in ways that uh, you're probably not even aware of so um yeah I I, I I, I don't know about the, but the different pushing but yeah just I mean I I already went on record of saying I, I think Infinity War is the most fun one and I think it's the most rewatchable one so
2: uh, I, I'm I, already I, in the I'm bag sorry. for the, for yeah. these guys uh, and then Endgame but, and, and I just... would I would
1: I would rather watch that like a million times more over than Eternals so we're just I on know, these different planes we're just aesthetically like I I get that some of the aesthetics but. I like Eternals has a lot of the low-light cinematography that everyone's complaining about in the gray man. And it, it there's that whole campfire camp fight that like I had to fuck with the settings on my TV to see what was happening correctly. So I, I get all these things. I, I do think that the the low light cinematography in general, and I've I've had it in, in my movies, and it's the one of the things that I feel is just going to get more dated the farther we get away from it. Whenever I see it on some of mine, I cringe and I'm like, ah, I should have, should have done brighter and and done, uh, should have uh, you know bumped up the gamma there, and it, it's, it's weird. But you know, especially when a movie like this is then going to everybody's you know, smart TVs. You're like, well, what is the setting like? Cause I I've got a bunch of cheap fire TVs and everything kind of just looks like shit on them, but they're cheap. And then I have like a nice Sony in the back and everything looks pretty good, but like, you know, animated movies like the sea beast, it looks good on every TV. Um, it's, it, it is kind of an interesting problem, but I do feel like having watched this and then I started watching man from Toronto afterwards, cause uh, I wanted to, to get more, of uh, of a taste of this uh, of the Netflix action stuff that everyone seems to be complaining about i do feel like that the netflix is like basically made a value proposition that they're not going to spend a ton of money on the visual effects of these movies is that like it, it 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 probably doesn't move the bar that much for them and the amount of money it would cost to make them look like you know fallout or one of these amazing uh, ilm movies is is a significant number it's not it's not small the way that you like like man from toronto there's that um there's a scene where the plane uh someone's hanging out of a plane and they did kind of a similar thing in this one right the way that you film that is the same way you know you're filming someone either you know on green or a wire you've got the fans going and the way it looks is really dependent on the vfx company and the amount of money and the amount of time that they're given so it's kind of like you know every time you shoot something on green screen you're giving up an, an insane amount of control over your image and these russo guys kind of came up with like having the best vfx teams possible in these avengers movies where they could do so much on green screen like some of the shit on Endgame is insane they didn't even have Uh, the uniforms figured out and they just cg'd the uniforms they cg'd the background of things that you're like why did that have to be cg in the background just because you know uh, marvel wants to push things so far and make it look so um i I think visually uh, you know candy coated pleasing right so uh then kind of going into this completely different thing and 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 you're shooting things and maybe you're thinking the green screen that's you're doing it the exact same way. But if the, if the, the VFX work and schedule and time and money is not at that top level, it's, it's not going to look as good.
0: Yeah. But isn't it incumbent on the filmmaker, then knowing that to adjust how they shoot the movie to account for the fact that they don't have that VFX. Cause here's my, you counter- won't know that
1: you won't necessarily know that until you're in post on some of that stuff.
0: Here's, here's my counter to that though, which is extraction exists, right? Which, has a good amount of vfx good amount of uh of shot blocking and
1: choreography and i love i I love extraction i think i think it's still the best one of these that's why i'd say it's better i don't but it's a much smaller thing they never try to do anything as big as the train shit on this
0: yeah but again that's still there's an old there's an old um david spade stand-up bit where he talks about that Uh, he doesn't care how much a movie costs or how hard it's made. It still costs me 10 bucks to get into the fucking theater. So I don't, you know, I don't give a shit. And I kind of feel the same way on that. Like, I don't care whether Netflix is not giving them a good VFX budget or not if the movie still looks like ass to me. And and this one, I think they missed. They missed the mark. I don't think this movie looks good. I've had people trying to tell me that it actually looks brilliant and more power to you. Love what you love. But, um, you know, I find it, actually fascinating with you, Liam, a little bit, that you hated The Matrix so much for a lot of the same reasons that I hate The Gray
1: Man. This is not a sequel to a masterpiece that is shot perfectly in formulas and then graphic in like the most influential cinematic vision of 30 years. It's, it's a Netflix movie that I watched on my couch with my wife with the margaritas and I enjoy it. So it's like, I think there's a very different
3: bar that you have to clear there. And uh, they, yeah, I, I, so. Well, that said, I think, I don't know the fucking Netflix uh, quarter two game plan, whatever, but at least from the press and from the money that's spending, I think it's not, it's fair for us to assume they want us to believe that is the bar. The Gray Man is their attempt at a 007 or Mission Impossible. Like that is clear to me. So, yeah. so and I think it's fair to compare it to, the, to that level of, Blockbuster, like even all you know, like, there's the bullshit outside of the, all the press, and all those Russo brothers interviews, whatever. But on yes. the screen, they're presenting this like we're trying, we are trying to compete with Tom Cruise and whatever. Like that's definitive to me, just just on the text of the film alone. So, it's, so it's, I think it's fair for us to like try to judge it at, at that bar, even though it's still a fucking Netflix movie. Because again, we had and and a lot of this, a lot of this conversation is about the comparison that the movie invites, because it it invites it upon itself. We mentioned extraction before. A made for Netflix action movie. Made by Netflix. A solid movie on its own. Made, made they, by they, the
1: Russos as producers. Yeah, and, yeah, and exactly, writers. exactly. Yeah. Indeed.
3: So from from the same hands as it were. Then you have Six, six on the Ground. Michael Bay in you know all his Bayham, going absolutely wild with Netflix money, and that looks like a fucking whatever how much million dollar movies to me as they say. But also that has its own full step pieces, full trotting, whatever the fuck I is. know. I wonder
1: if that was, this is me like thinking, I wonder if that spend on that movie influenced some of the spends on, on this one, because right. they did know They did kind of say that they overspent on that one and in, in some of their press. And I'm wondering if they were like, it doesn't make sense for us to spend uh, as much. And, and we already have to pay top dollar for the stars and the stars are what get people to click and, I don't know. I'm just, just kind of thinking. I, again, I, I did not think that the movie looked like ass. I did not think it looked uh, like Snapchat. I don't. I just. I feel like I watched a different movie and that stuff. There's literally like one or shots of Gosling grabbing guns, cameras staying on him. He's doing the punches. He's knocking the guy out. He's going and then it. It, it did not feel to me like, uh, you know, some of the movies that we were talking about on our thing of like mile twenty two, where it's just trying to do that super ha- havoc editing overcutting uh fake energy stuff um yeah they're they're using doubles and and they're they're cutty but i, I didn't feel like it was uh incomprehensible like x versus sever chaos type of thing i, I just don't i don't get that <laughs> that, that, was- that that was never my point when i said it. no was- I, I i don't think but i guess that when you said the action is atrocious i was just kind of like it seems pretty by the book action to me
0: That's I, all. I think i think the way the action looks deadens the impact the actors absolutely did the work there's no question there's plenty of ryan gosling you know throwing hands on people in that um but the way they shoot it like that that fight he has at the start the the fireworks fight with the the guy that plays the KG beast from uh, it's
1: my boy it's Callum Mulvey yeah, he's man. from Beyond mm-hmm. Skyline he's
0: yeah right, my, right uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I forget that
1: because he's so yeah.
0: different he's so different in Beyond Skyline that but been.
1: that that's that's the thing when it started I was like is anyone ever in a, gonna cast him as a nice guy again like I thought I I thought oh. I showed something here <laughs> and then he actually was a nice guy at the end so I was like instant plus star for me that made me happy
0: then. but I just thought the way they used And you might maybe it is a budget thing, but it looked to me like a choice. And I've seen you even a bit, Liam, said, well, maybe it's a director's choice. And I'm like, okay, to use all those CGI fireworks and smoke during that fight for no other purpose than to try and obscure actors who didn't need to be obscured because they had very clearly done the work. If that was a choice, I find that a baffling choice. And I think that's the wrong choice, which as a...
1: Yeah, I, I just didn't think that was that the, the hand-to-hand showcase fight. It was like, you're going to do a fight in a in a fireworks thing, which is a cool idea. Which again, I, I think the key for me on this movie is I really liked the script. I think it's a pretty cool script. I think it's a pretty cool idea. I liked the setup. I liked Ryan Gosling's character. I liked that they did the flashback it actually showed how he became friends with the little girl. Um, You know, I just thought it was like a sturdy dad movie that if it was on TNT, like I would
3: watch and that's kind of what it was. Yeah. So let me me tell you that. So, Oh, okay, so first for I gave movie three star- three stars in my on uh, my I think it's fine. I think half and half. Some some of the really good fights. Some is like you know, I don't I hate the uh C130 the jet airplane thing. I, I hate it, but I love the uh the, the Prague train train fight. I say was cool. It did it for me. It kind of goes overboard in the end, you know. But like still like right. the actual setup and flow is great. Um, the fight same thing, 50-50. Someone like when he's when he's escaping the uh, pit or whatever. The the, the, the what. I didn't know that was that was a uh, Wagner Mora, by the way. I I I'm a big fan of Wagner Mora, but he looks totally different. I guess he, anyway. But yeah. <laughs> um. That that pit escape scene that was a little too janky for me. As opposed to when you know him and uh, uh start Danesh or uh, the lone playing the lone wolf. That was a great fight. Him, um, him, Gosling Danush and Darmas all together. That was a great fight for me. And also the end fight. You know the final the final conflict with uh, Evans and Gosling and their styles really coming out. That was a great fight for me. But yeah, I, well, where I was in other parts, it was, I had a simple problem with like Snake Eyes and Mortal Kombat, where it's like, uh, I see them doing the moves great, but someone's just, someone's taking it off. Some, some, somebody's throwing it off where it's not catching them. Because because even in the film, I see that they are, in other scenes, they are being clear about it. So that was really throwing me off. Like why is some of them like that? Is it, you know, is it, is it the choice? I don't know, whatever. The so,
2: oh uh, were you saying that you were familiar with uh, the the actor Danush? Because like when that guy came on screen, I was like, this this guy's like got it. That guy yeah. has like charisma. Oh no, no, that's the first, first that. that's the
3: first. I the first I see him as well. But you know, I, I just reading about him, knowing he's a big, huge like to little superstar. So yeah, um, he's he's super
2: talented. They here's the thing about the Russos. Also, they're really good producers, or at least they're producing really interesting shit. I mean, everything everywhere all at once. Everyone for the most part is like so crying all the time when they watch that movie I still cry all the time when I watch that movie extraction kind of kicks ass uh Tyler rake yeah. that's all I said to myself the whole
1: time I watched that movie I just I st- always I always love a good like fake name like that for the movie I'm like, Tyler rake
3: don't yeah. step on the rake you get in oh the and <laughs> and,
1: uh, and our boy Daniel Bernhardt did uh was is in extraction too he said it was a, an incredible shoot and uh, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of awesome action so
2: looking forward to that one yeah yeah so they they've got something that i like because i like movies like this i i just re the nice guys that probably also fucked me on like the gosling comparison because you know that's like his best performance maybe and here yeah I, I, it doesn't like i i feel like it, it struggles to build around his character like in a compelling way like not just like in terms of the writing but they they don't have like an angle on him that I found very interesting anyways and it was it, it was a frustrating experience more than like a a flat out like awful one I guess for me. Yeah.
3: I want to give a quick shout out to our friend uh Dom Griffin, uh all Dom on Twitter. I really enjoyed his uh YouTube review. I'm a big fan of visual General like he always tries to stay upbeat and positive even when just like movies. And then he, I think he kind of outlined the big problem for me at I least mean, like um uh, there's these different modes the movies in uh is this the the kid in the grizzled killer Mode. There's the serious, um, uh, surveillance era uh, covert agent mode. Then there's the um, fun blockbuster mode. And like rather than to me, rather than like having them all kind of coalesce together, they, they kind of seem at odds with each other. Oh, and so what I mentioned was you know um, when I mentioned 007 and Mission Impossible. Those movies kind of get it right, but they have the X factor of well, in Tom Cruise's case, Tom Cruise. Where it doesn't matter what the fucking story is about, like literally some of some of the, in my movies, they don't even it's a little MacGuffin. Nobody cares. It's just him jumping off a train or whatever, whatever he's doing. Whereas 007, it's kind of for 50 fucking years, whatever. Now, so it's really kind of tongue in cheek that um he's this cool spy that everybody who knows everybody knows his name, why he's a spy. But like, that's part of, the, part of the fun of it. And he's doing all this crazy shit with all these super villains. So, but for the most part, when you try to do a covert action story. With a blockbuster they usually don't really mix for a little quick, uh, by the nature of what a covert action story is so now we're gonna th- this is a plot point that, that kind of bothered me it's like um you could do those you could be a big bangy blow shoot 'em up but why would you bother you making a destroy movie i guess about like like all this stuff they say about the oh here's the drive and the, here's the and i'm not saying this from like a script watcher like a uh, logic point i don't care like you, you can be stupid it's fine triple x is stupid but they they go for it. You know what? That's another better example because they know they're stupid. They don't care about the plot so much. They're all about to, well, being it's, it's extreme sports guy becoming a super spy. That's so dumb on his face, it's brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, that's, no, why, that's why that works. But here's like here's like an actual gray man. You never see him coming. He's uh, I'm gonna dig in the shadows and take out the truckers because the CIA is, is too good to have another record. So they send me <laughs> again. Like again, I'm not. Comparing with the logic of why the CIA is good and need bad bad guys to feel for them, I'm like, make that movie then. Don't make the I got the little kid who's annoying as fuck and she has a heart condition to make me force me to, force me to care for her, but I don't. Or, you know, like, I, I, I thought the
1: kid was good. Right. She's a great actress. <laughs> I like the kid. You guys, so, but no, comparing it to like, 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 letterbox these movies, you're, you're at three stars. I'm at like three and a half stars on this movie. I'm not seeing. It's I, no time to die. I had five stars. It was like my movie of the year because it was shot exactly the way I want an action movie to be shot. It was real stunts in camera on location with like the, the greatest stunt teams in the world with like an unlimited budget, which is the same thing with the fallout in, in, in the Mission Impossible movies. And even though even though I know Daniel Craig's not doing the the, the Tom Cruise level of stuff. They're not filming it in the way that, um, you know, like like Fast Nine did a lot of and Hobbs and Shaw did a lot of, which is this way. Like they're doing that's a little bit more star friendly way of shooting these things, which is a a lot of green screen. And uh, it seems like they're not really traveling around the world. Like I was even noticing there's an interesting scene I think they did on the volume between Billy Bob and, and Chris Evans. Where it has the drone coming over that funeral, but the drone shot feels like it should go on like another second. It's kind of like too short. And then all of a sudden it cuts to them and the funeral's in the background, but they're just kind of standing right in this one little spot for their scene. And I was like, huh, I bet they didn't go there. I bet that's all volume volume, a second unit shot. And then they're just kind of standing there and it kind of looks a little like odd. So I, I think they're they're doing it in, like I said, a little bit more cast friendly, a little bit more schedule-friendly way of making them, which kind of goes with Fast Nine. I, I liked Fast Nine. It was fun. It was kind of on the same level here, but there's some janky CG stuff. And there it was, it was it was feeling like they were pushing up against the limits of reality so much that, like we were talking about with Thor, it's impossible for the CG to look good when the concept is so fucking out there you know like i don't think there was anything in james bond no time to die that was just like as ridiculous of uh uh, you know the surviving and unsurvivable moment you know it was all kind of very practical application so once you start to just your writing goes off into this tangent and you're like well the guy's gonna like Slide off of this train as it, uh, you know, did you know, crashes. It starts to be like, well, th- that's not realistic. It doesn't feel like the smoke, the impact, the momentum. That it's just not going to actually sell it to people. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that that that's kind of where I'm at with those. It's like again, it's not on the level of of the great ones. But when I when I came on to Twitter yesterday, it was like you got the cool kids like. Straussnig and Dahlia and everyone's saying it's terrible yeah. <laughs> and so I came in and was like I'm gonna just I, I'm watching it with life and I'm like are you liking this and she's like yeah I'm like, I'm like yeah I'm liking it and so I had, I had to come on and give the, the Shawn Michaels uh, you know betrayal <laughs> kick to the, to the jaw but then I saw people saying it's like awesome and it, it's amazing it's like well hold on now it's it, it it was a perfectly fine movie that I liked that's all
3: well, I also kind of like my uh, three star movies on the box is my favorite genre but even as you mentioned they kind of that's even that's a big spectrum like I gave three stars I like Interceptor more than you did you said you didn't like it I gave it three, three stars also but to me it kind of I'd say like,
1: comparatively yeah I think Interceptor looks a lot cheaper and yeah. like I really like the cast of this movie like look yeah. I'm from Massachusetts Chris <laughs> Evans there's uh, he's I'm a homer for that guy I've always liked him I think I like him the way Mike likes uh, Ryan Reynolds, where he's like, whatever. Uh, I liked that guy when he was really young and I'm, I'm just going to root for him. Like I've, I've always liked Chris Evans and I'm always going to pull for the guy. So there there's a little bit of that too. Yeah.
3: Well, I bring that up because like, that's what this is what I said, you know, when I mentioned the, um, them trying to make them trying to compete with double seven, which is possible. I, that's what makes it frustrating for me. Cause I feel like Netflix is playing the wrong game. They should try to go, they 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 said they're not giving Scorsese any money. They're not giving all the. They're not giving uh, the guy that make any money. They're gonna make this like either gigantic bus poster or like she smaller stuff. And I but feel compare
1: like, it to like Red Notice, like what like isn't that yeah. what everyone
3: was saying? A Netflix, yeah, that's the actual movie is? is. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the actual icon of what a from Netflix looks like. Like that, that's that's fucking terrible. Not this is not <laughs> The the gray man is not the Red Notice. The yeah. Gray Man is now, let's put that. Let's put that on. on a, I, I honestly
1: right feel like our episode on Red on Red Notice was like easier on it than than you guys were on Gray Man. That's well, why well, I was well, expecting it to be. Degree of difficulty matters.
0: The Russos directed Avengers fucking Endgame. Ross and Marshall also a bad directed, film. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ? Like well, like. Degree of difficulty matters. A movie uh, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans should be held to a higher standard than a movie with the fucking Rock. Like, I, 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 I,
1: okay, I, I don't, I don't really see that. The Rock has done way more action movies than those guys. Like, like uh, I, I was.
3: Uh, oh, you know, oh, and, and and Ross
1: and Thurber did, has done action movies before. He, that was, was in his third action movie. Yeah, so, so I, even, I, don't, I mean, it wasn't record. like. It's not, I don't think it's a, it's a ridiculous comparison. That's all.
3: Or even uh, like you have the red notice and you have like, you know, the Adam project, which we watched a few months ago or last month, that's, you know, I would say red notice is at the end of the spectrum. Then it's like Adam project for me. Then, it's, you know, then this great man. So like even within the spectrum of a lot of money, Netflix movies, they kind of kind of go vastly pretty wildly, actually. For all the money they put in, like you get pretty weirdly different results. It's pretty interesting actually. Now think about it. Like, a, like I will put this on.
1: The- I definitely, I, I, I would say I got more. Uh, a, there was more emotional impact to the added project, but there's similar issues that we're talking mm-hmm. about with the global like VFX look thing on all of them. I would
0: yeah. agree.
3: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, interesting. We- just interesting. Just we oh, didn't sorry. even
0: talk about no you're fine we and we didn't even talk about spiderhead on this because it turned out not to be a, a really an action movie so it didn't really fit but you know that's another one that i actually think for for as contained as it is actually looks pretty great but you know joseph kosinski gonna joseph kosinski so
2: i have a, a question I, I guess this is mostly for liam but anyone feel free to chime in if you like know anything about this but is it just also that a lot of people growing up like with like more access to digital cameras don't understand older lighting techniques. Maybe that makes some, this doesn't solve every problem. No, It's not, it doesn't solve here.
1: every problem. It's, it, I, I mean, I, it's actually the DPs that they're uh, in, in some ways it's, it's the right thing. They're saying, I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not shooting with the film cameras. So I'm going to do it to what digital does different. And I feel like that's been kind of the, you know, the, the push and the innovation and, and it, it can accept low light. So they, they're experimenting with it. And it's, it's hard to push them off. <laughs> like, I was still like, can we go brighter? Can we go brighter? And, and you know, but if you're, if you're filming, if, they, if you made it with film, then that solves a lot of those issues because you do have to light it brighter.
2: And uh, that was you- uh, when I really started getting into like film photography, I was shooting like I was digital. Don't, don't do that. Just a heads up, everyone. Um, that it's will, too dark. You will waste a lot of money that y- you shouldn't have. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's that's just like a, a, a weird concern I have for this stuff, too. Like, it, it's not that film is better. It's just like, hey, sometimes, you know, on one side of the spectrum, you got Michael Mann, who's like the digital maniac, changing the game uh, for for anyone with a digital camera. And then the other side of that, you have Red Notice, you know, it's like... It's not the yeah. I think if you had shot
1: Red Notice with film, it wouldn't have made any difference. You know, because that actually was a film (laughs) that was a movie that looked very overlit and just kind of like yeah. I don't think that would have made an aesthetic difference at all. I do think something like this though would have. I think that would have changed the way it was
2: lit. Mm -hmm. um But yeah, I want to shout out the cinematographer too, Stephen F. winden because this goes back to my thing about the Russos basically knowing who to hire, maybe for the wrong things or reasons. But this is the guy who shot the last five Fast and Furious movies, including Fast X, He's Sonic the Hedgehog, Star Trek Beyond.
0: Lin's boy, basically. And uh yeah. speaking of little positivity here, speaking of him, I just rewatched this week Star Trek Beyond and fuck oh, it. Yeah. I love that movie, man. That that movie is yeah. uh is is just joy in a bottle for me. Um but also looks great, you know. So, again, there, there are aesthetic choices being made on The Gray Man. I just happen to not like those aesthetic choices, which is fine. I'm entitled to not like a movie. Yeah, of course, of course. Hey. Okay. You know. Um, no, you, you got to get your TV the car
1: You're not allowed to. <laughs> you're not. Away. No, I, as, the, as the corporate champion, no one is allowed to Netflix, speak back. Netflix is. We don't. We don't release our information. No one gets to know. We tell you it's the most watched thing, and you fucking like it. That's how it works. I'm not Going
0: to have sex with you, Liam? It's not going to happen. <laughs> you need to stop white knighting the uh, fucking multi billion dollar corporation.
1: I'm obviously you know the, I would like to them work. to uh, pay me, but yeah, <laughs> sex is good too. I'm, yeah, either <laughs> um. <laughs> you know uh, or.
0: I, uh, I just I, I I thought it was. <laughs> particularly harsh last night. It was particularly cranky because I had spent the last two days tweeting nothing but love for a couple of movies that I really love that I think objectively are probably, I mean, have to be considered worse than uh, The Gray Man. But I love them because I think they are far more successful at accomplishing what they set out to do. You know, I've argued, I know I've told you guys this, I think the ending of Airborne, the final the Devil's Backbone race in Airborne is some of the finest bit of action editing and filmmaking I have ever seen. Um, And it's all real dudes on real blades. So um, in fact, the guy, for people who've seen it before, the guy who's the shitty blader in it is actually, Chris Edwards, basically the greatest rollerblader that's ever lived. And so he had to play the shitty guy because uh, that's the only way he could do it without hurting himself. Right. Like you you get the best to play the worst. But I watched a couple of Tiger Shroff movies and I was just spewing positivity, movie love everywhere. And I don't like the fucking Russo's movie. And and like that's the tweets that I get engagement with. Those are the tweets that people are mad about. And I'm just like, you have got to be kidding me here. I get like two likes when I tweet about, you know, how much I love
1: Boggy. I <laughs> what get, do, what does the airborne dude say when he's like shows up in the town and he's like, I just want to chill out here and eat some crunchy jet jet What is that phrase? We used to say that as kids.
0: Well, it's a it's a couple beef burritos and good sunshine and I'll be styling uh there's the he keeps calling everybody bra and jack black keeps going did he just call you a pair of woman's underwear i fucking love <laughs> if you haven't seen airborne in like 30 years watch it but watch it seriously legit with an eye for the action because it's uh it's rob bowman who you know kind of knows what he's doing when it comes to this stuff and uh anyway so i'm, I'm going on about all of this and then i get like 300 likes when i'm like the beige man lo- uh, looks like something and it's something not good, you know? Yeah, and I'm man. like,
3: <sighs> <sighs> come on. That's good. Okay, that's like funny. It's, fu- <laughs> it, it's Twitter.
1: It Twitter might as well be called No Fuck You. That, <laughs> that's what it is. Well, so I happens. saw you yeah. and Rob, this, the, the drunkie, you guys were getting upset. And I was like, guys, it's, it, it's called No Fuck You, the app. Like, that's, like, <laughs> well, uh, well, do Rob, a Discord Rob. if you want to talk about people agreeing and that like we don't have to deal with the Rob, the public part of it.
0: Rob was a little different. Rob somebody took a shot at Rob that was completely uncalled for, completely unnecessary. And that person received a long coming block from uh from me and several other people. Uh so anyway, uh all
3: oh, right. I, I wanna I wanna wait I wanna talk some more shit. I want to talk some more shit. I like how uh because I know um a, a homeboy uh uh outlaw Vern he he, he did this shit uh like probably as much as you did Liam he, he, he I think he liked
1: it more than I did. Yeah, uh yeah. but he you know we're we're gentlemen of a certain age, it's a dad movie. <laughs> well, yeah,
3: he's well, he, he, he He yeah pretty put pretty good salvo of shit talking. So he was like, Oh wow, at least Russo knew how to use a drain camera properly. I was like, Oh shit, you salty motherfucker. No, he trying to talk shit about able and Michael Bay, I'm like no way, buddy. But you know, I guess I guess because it goes slow enough, he can see it. Oh, I'm just play, i just play it, it is
1: definitely <laughs> it is less insane, but that's what Bay's uh, you know magic for. I, I, I it made me think about because everyone was talking about Six Underground, which I, I still haven't finished. I have to go, and I oh. I will plead to my guiltiness of I was script watching that one, and I really did not like the script.
3: Oh yeah, sir. So well, no, yeah,
1: I have to go back and 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 embrace it with uh, my. My my new uh, you know motto and really just oh, just kind of focus on I the act. I
0: absolutely ended up script watching this one. In fact, I'm going to do a couple of really specific spoiler spoilers here of script things that just infuriated me, and because the movie was already losing me at that point. Because for the most part, sure. I do like the script. So, spoilers if you haven't watched it yet. I mean, uh, specifically the scene where Lloyd has six dead to rights. Anna Diarmas tranks him in his ass, and you've got stone cold killer six and he doesn't just put two bullets in fucking Chris Evans head. And I get the whole thing. Well, then the movie would end, but then like, okay, well then don't put that fucking scene in there. Have him get some other way where this psychopath that is trying to hunt you down is knocked out right at your feet. Fucking kill him. Like I, that drove me nuts. It's a nitpicky thing. I, even when I tweeted about it a little bit, I'm like, <laughs> this is real fucking nitpicky.
3: Oh, I got one, but like, and I don't leave you, you like, like the joke. She, when he when they, they fight the wolf and he's about to escape. So he throw me the gun. he throws in the gun, but it's the shotgun, but it's empty. And so his joke, his joke is like, you never throw a loaded gun, which I guess but why would you if, as an next in an next movie trying to kill a motherfucker a more in getting away? Do that in the first place, just to make a point about the throwing gun joke. Like you just, I, I you just laughed. To I him. laughed at the throwing gun joke. I thought it was funny. He was like, the shells were coming. He was like, he was yeah. about to do it,
1: but she like, just ran and, away. Yeah, I just,
3: I don't nobody know.
1: throws the loaded gun. I was like, you know, that's a good point.
3: That's incredibly dangerous. Why would anyone <laughs> throw a load of gun? He, just, he he tried to kill him with the uh, uh, what do you call the, the hospital shockers. Who gives a fuck? Like it like, like, doesn't matter. Like there's all these weird like joke parts that. You know, Ryan Gosling is funny, he, like, inherently, so it's good to have him like be joking around. He's got a good what dry delivery, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's and why The
2: Nice Guys is his best performance. Just, oh, uh, like, yeah, I mean, there, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's incredible.
3: Well, yeah. I think it goes. Um, he's like, Ryan Gosling is not the next action here, he's the second coming of Don Knotts. He he just goes <laughs> absurd. And who in is the that nice guy?s You know, Don, uh, Don Knotts. Oh, you, remember, like, you
1: that was your review of The Nice Guys that he was yeah. the second coming of Don Knotts,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it was fucking hilarious. He's like this this, this spastic, like, okay, oh, I cut myself in the window, and like, and then told him, like, you fucking douchebag. And like, I weird. always
1: <laughs> think about the car, the car being like, this car is automatic, and you can go to sleep now. Anytime I'm driving at night, <laughs> I just think about that scene, how nice it would be to just go to sleep.
3: <laughs> yeah. but, you know, but so, so guys, right, like, also this dry thing too. But like, you know, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I just one of those, I guess, it was tasting, but also it's like, uh, he's. Let him, let him be a silent pretty boy again. Make this silent killer movie, or make the you know Don Knotts a, a, as a, as a, a, a Jack Reacher or, or Jack Ryan or whatever, or whoever or fuck. Yeah. Like pick up pick one, Samba or Thomas. Pick one yeah like, you know travis travis <laughs> travis
1: celluloid whiskey brought that up too he said he felt like it was tonally really messy and i don't know i i felt like that was it was like a pg-13 middle of the road yeah. thing to me that well, i was uh, like i was
3: saying like you know like, we didn't, like it
2: wasn't like veering wildly for me
3: we yeah. do need to start
2: wrapping up oh yeah
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah i'm,
2: I'm about to get kicked oh, out of the hotel room yeah, in so,
0: a yeah. minute. so do so, you have any final thoughts really quick on I mean, you've made your thoughts on the gray man. I think, I think pretty clear. It's you're you're kind of a more in, in not team Mike on this one, um, but uh, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah go say fuck Russo Brothers,
2: <laughs> yeah. Joe yeah. Hattie, no, a- hey, they're very so good say, producers. I I got some ideas if they're willing to listen to me. I will I will retract. I I, I, just I, said.
1: I absolutely judging from their history, I think they are not willing to listen to you. That was interesting <laughs> yes. about that. Just real quick about the the outside stuff and the the interviews and and stuff is is that like i don't know you guys there there is a weird thing and like like diego how old are you
2: diego how old are you
1: 28 see it's i i try to like be I, i the person that i wanted to have like reach back is like a little bit older and and talk to people in their 20s i think there's a weird generational divide and i do think it, it would be like incredibly wounding to get to this like height of your profession and then have like your obvious cinematic hero just come out and be like, you're, you're a fraud. You're not doing <laughs> the real shit. So I think that is a real wound that they carry with the the Scorsese thing. And it seemed to be informing some of the things they were talking about with the populism and, and that stuff that I, I don't know if it, it, it was a hundred percent thought out, but um, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I feel like there's so much extra baggage with them outside of the movie. And I don't really have uh, feelings of that baggage. I don't kind of try to think about them all that much when I'm watching it. I'm just trying to watch the movie. That's all.
2: See, that's how I know. This is, this probably be the last thing before I hop off, but that's how I know I still like winter soldier. Cause now I definitely have all that baggage and I fully cop to that, but I, I still think it's just a good movie. You know, like it, I, it doesn't Fair. affect my viewing of that. It affects everything else pretty, pretty much though. So it's, I also just don't think they're, they're very good at, at those, uh, those spectacle things, but Hey, Hey, you know, film is subjective opinions are sub you know, everyone's got opinions like assholes and, uh, yeah. D, where can, where can people find you? Where. uh. You can find me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter uh, and the Waffle Press, my podcast uh, with my co-host Gene, who's angrily waiting for us to leave the hotel right now, uh, over on uh, at the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Patreon. Check out all that stuff. we got retrospective series coming out. we got other fun episodes coming out um yeah thank you guys for having me on two weeks in a row this was a real real treat so thank
3: thanks. you for this fantastic uh comic con coverage this is like it's like real shit man real journalism going on really oh thank
2: it. you i we- i, I want to put my journalism badge away forever now but thank you
0: we'll uh, we'll definitely get you back on again be well my brother get back home safe okay
2: all right thank you guys have a good cheers. one cheers
0: and then you boys you have any final thoughts that you want to say
3: yes yeah, so that's my once again my review of the gray man it's never noticed.
0: <laughs> thumb,
3: thumb sideways it's Thumbs.
0: not red notice i will fully admit it's not red press
3: the N- thumb that's what it is
1: but but what what if you go back to the episode of the red notice i'm like it's pretty good please hire me everyone <laughs> <involved."> <laughs> feels like it's gonna be a reoccurring uh made, theme. It,
0: made it to the end of this bullshit by the way and you're still listening uh, i will post pictures of this but just for people who are audio <laughs> Only Liam is sitting in front of a Netflix background as we're recording right now. Like he literally did a custom Zoom background of the Netflix logo and is rocking a Roman Reigns Acknowledge Me shirt. <laughs> 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 you know, he, um, he came in gun. Okay, so, uh, yeah, no.
1: Action Twitter. It- Acknowledge me.
0: It is just, I just, I just felt weird. And then I'm going to get off, off the, the, the great man thing, but I just felt weird that definitely some people seem to take my tweets about it, like personally. And I thought that was kind yeah. of weird because I talk shit on movies all the fucking time. Uh, but some people seem to really take me not liking it personally. Yeah,
3: It just occurred to me, like, you know, we, you saw the baggage is going like, you know, I guess because of these guys specifically, because there's all this like MCU, that whole thing. Which yeah. normally doesn't affect the, the, the film triggered crew or crowd, but I guess it's kind of like that stuff. All is kind of, I don't say poisoning, but like that's coming into this too. So it's not just like oh, I can watch this d- d- dumbass uh, DTV movie or or this you know one with the pretty good actors. It's like all that is kind of steeping into this one, like it hasn't really done before, maybe. So I, don't but know I also think it.
1: everybody was watching it last night because it's a free you know yeah. blockbuster on netflix yeah, yeah um but it definitely it definitely is a different thing which is wh- what's interesting is that like red notice everyone that even like liked red notice didn't really defend red notice it was just <laughs> kind of like like i was like oh yeah, yeah. it was in. and, and exactly. you guys were calling this one a is- snapchat movie that was like directed by instagram like it was an instagram movie or like everyone was playing their instagram characters and like showing their alcohol that each person owned and stuff so uh, but for whatever reason that one kind of just like went through and and no one wanted to uh draw blood over it well here's here's,
0: i can tell you the reason for me um because red notice was never going to be good There's no scenario where that script, that cast, that production, COVID production schedule, stuff like that. That movie was never going to be good. You know, if you liked it and you had some good laughs, that's fine. But that movie was never for me. This feels like an extreme amount of wasted potential because there is a foundation. Even I will admit bones and a foundation in The Gray Man that I think could be it could have been real fucking terrific so i'm always going to be harder on a movie like that uh where i think they don't live up to the potential that they've got and the the tools at their disposal um then i am a movie that i watch and i'm just like yeah this is just never going to be good you know i i didn't think about red notice two hours after i stopped watching it um which is probably why we were a little kinder about it on that podcast <laughs> um so, yeah, yeah. okay sense?
1: yeah t- yeah i i get that that makes sense and I, I, you know, I think it probably. I'll I, be curious to see if this is a, a franchise, and they do come back for another one because the, like, you said, I, the bones are there. It's and and Gosling is is, uh, I think, a really a great lead uh and and kind of like you guys all at least submitted he did do the work and so yeah, i'd be up yeah. for watching another one the the gray man too rare.
0: i'd watch i'd watch another one i mean that's the best that's actually the best compliment that i can probably give it is i would still i would go back for a round two and
1: just yeah get- and they'll probably bring in even cooler you know international guys it's like they're that i did like that they they brought in the you know the the the, the tamil it was tamil right uh yeah. A, yeah. action star and they like I said, they're making muscle and, and extraction, and they're giving different guys space within action. And uh, so, yeah, I'm 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 open for more. Vice, any last thoughts? Anything you want to add?
3: Um, man, I, I, the truth is, I almost didn't care about watch talk about the Green Man. I saw a nope yesterday. blew my fucking mind. Not an action movie, so we can't talk about. It, but I feel like we talk about you know. No,
1: we can talk th- about it. I just, I didn't get a chance to go. So yeah, no, you, no, no. give us a quick one.
3: Well, I just want to like, you know, like um, for us action nerds, we'll probably continue to talk about The Great Man, just like for a technical and, you know, all the things that action movies are supposed to do. But I think um from the word so far, I think Nope is going to like, Jordan Peele, three for three. He's going to like, you know, have, this is he's going to be in people's minds for a while as well. Just like his other movies have. So um just, yeah, just, um, that's you know that's in theaters. That's the, the theatrical big release this weekend, you know. So you have that, and I don't know. If, I don't know if it's a, I don't know what you call it, a competition per se, but I guess like I can only imagine that by sheer numbers alone, more people will see. Well, even if you know what, even if this was theatrically, even if the Great Men came out of theaters, more people would definitely go see that more than nope. Um, just by the nature of what it is, you know, big blockbuster. I, because I'm just seeing the preliminary box office now. This one's going a little lower than us did. Nope is going a little lower than us. Also open at seventy million. This one's like forty five. So you know it's neat. Not quite neat, but you know it's it's it's, it's a mid, it's an adult summer mystery science fiction thing. You know it's, it's kind of weird by design. So numbers wise, The Gray Man was always definitely going to have more of the uh, viewership, but I don't think it'll have the conversation that, that Nope and or Jordan Peele has. I was so, I was just say, you know, when you, if anyway, when you guys get a chance, you definitely want to check this out because, uh, again, the way he does it, he has lots of, he uses a lot of disparate, disparate influences to make a unique statement. So, like, uh, there is everything from, like, you know, an old Simpsons, uh, treehouse of horror joke to Neon Genesis Evangelion, the old anime in this movie. And nope, it's so fucking weird. It's that crazy crazy, like, that. that's what he does. He gets all these really weird things. So, uh, Planet of the Apes, like, all these. Cultural visual touch points in this movie. So again, like, if you get a chance, please go see Nope. You know, it's a lot of really interesting visual and you know narrative stuff going on. Like that's like a real ass movie. You know, that's <laughs> the movie is still alive, baby. You know, and then, and then when you get home, chill out. You know, if you want to see great Man, you want to see Ryan Gosling punching Chris Evans in the mouth. You good? You good? You got that too. It's okay. Please, it's
1: please dope. drink while you watch The Great Man, and then <laughs> you'll agree with me. If do not watch that silver no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right boys uh good chat good chat once again we want to thank diego for joining us for a couple of weeks and bringing us some really great uh san diego uh uh chats uh vice where can people find you
3: oh yeah uh so i am on the instagram that my fish is looking hot uh i'm about to do barbecue today so i'm putting some meat pics on Hey, <laughs> meat pics you gotta know you gotta see the meat <laughs> the, the, the barbecue meat barbecue meat At that kind of party yet uh on instagram on twitter talk, boys. Um, and then once again, I got a reminder, uh, next week, August 2nd, if you're here in New York City, I will be at the Nighthawk Williamsburg uh, at 7pm doing the intro for the, our, our special presentation of, of The Rock, Michael Bay's classic uh, uh, for, for all of us. So please, uh, if you're in the area, please come by and uh, stay with us
1: Very nice. Very nice. Liam, where can people find you? Liam Odin, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Enjoying myself, enjoying the summer. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next week.
0: Yep. And you can find me on uh, Twitter and Letterbox at Hibachi Justice. You can follow the show on Twitter at a 4 e Podcast. That's letter A, the number four, the letter P, a podcast, or E, not P, can't spell this morning, podcast. And uh, you're listening to us. So obviously, you know, you can find us on every podcast app. Why can I not talk? I'm going to have to edit. I'm not even going to edit. Fuck it. Love you, boys. <laughs> Let's do this again next week.
3: <laughs> All right, guys. Take care.
2: Hit <laughs>